business class listeners. Thank you for your support of the show. Thank you for tuning in. And if you're a first-time listener, be sure you subscribe to the show. Lots of automotive talk, lots of investing talk. On this week's episode, today, as well as the preceding episode that will come out later this week, I want to chop up clips or not that I want to, I did chop up clips, audio clips, of the earnings calls of XL Fleet and Metro Mile. More and more, I want to share with you the companies that I'm following pretty heavily, pretty intensely. And perhaps if it can help you along the way, either knowing about these particular companies, how they work, how their stock is doing, all things of that nature, then you'll get a better sense of these companies through my lens. So to start things off, we're going to take a look. We're gonna, you're going to hear a couple clips from the Excel earnings call that occurred last week. It was their 2020 fiscal year end, as well as a, an idea of how Q1 has gone so far. So you have, there's going to be two people you will, hear, you will hear from. The first being Todd Hines, who was the founder and the president. So you will hear from him first. And then followed by that, you'll hear from Dmitry Kazarinov. Kazarinov. Dmitry Kazarinov. I can't say his name. That one's a tough one. Anyhow. Dimitri is the CEO. Todd is the founder and president. You're going to hear first from Todd, who this is in his opening remarks. And I fast forward it to specifically the particular area that talks about the most recent announcement they made back in February, where they are developing a model. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start off with this portion of the earnings call. They are in partnership with UBS Arena in New York, which is the home venue site of the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders being owned by John Ledetsky, John Ledetsky being one of the directors of the company, of the SPAC company that took XL Fleet Public. Hmm, that's interesting there, huh? John Ledetsky, owner of the NHL team, the New York Islanders that play or who play out of UBS Arena, XL Fleet having the contract or having the ability to pilot this electric vehicle infrastructure, electric charging infrastructure at UBS Arena. Hmm, it's mighty interesting. So here is Todd Hines on the earnings call last week talking more about this. In March, we announced the potential opportunity to deploy and operate 1,000 charging stations at UBS Arena in the New York metropolitan region. Excel Fleet intends to support this project through the development, deployment, and management of a robust suite of electrification infrastructure, including solar, 
power generation, energy storage, and vehicle charging stations. We believe that this deal will serve as a blueprint for other similar deals across the country. Since our announcement, we've been contacted by other arenas throughout the country, and we're in active discussions about how we can partner with them to make the most efficient use of these facilities and their access to parking and power. A portion of the proceeds raised from our recent business combination will be used towards expanding XL Fleet internationally. We believe that XL Fleet has a strong footprint across parts of the U.S. and Canada, and we see significant opportunity to bring our technology and our solutions to fleets across the world. Since announcing and closing our business combination, these conversations, including inbound inquiries, have accelerated, and we look forward to further exploring these opportunities and providing updates when appropriate. As communicated at the time of our business combination announcement, we expect that M&A will play a role in our future growth, and we have an active program in place where we are currently exploring potential transactions. We are focusing on strategic opportunities intended to be complementary to our existing platform technology and services that we believe will allow us to more quickly scale our fully integrated approach and accelerate growth. We are committed to executing on opportunities that we believe maximize shareholder value. Excel Fleet continues to intend to use the capital infusion from our recent business combination to aggressively pursue our strategy for high growth over the coming years. The global fleet electrification market is a trillion-dollar opportunity, and it is just getting started. In fact, less than 1% of new vehicles sold in the U.S. commercial fleet segment have any level of powertrain electrification today, reflecting a massive potential for us to help grow that number. We are excited that trends towards fleet electrification continue to accelerate, and we believe that we are in a prime position to be a leader in this growth. So this will be interesting. UBS Arena is really going to be, on one hand, you can look at it to be the sacrificial lamb. On the other hand, you could look at it being the test bed. It's a test bed to other sports venues in which there are many across the world that to itself is like this microeconomy of commerce, right? Food vendors, promotions, crowds. Cars, parking lots, real estate, I mean, lawsuits, everywhere there's lawsuits. So these sport venues are these little microeconomies to itself in which Excel Fleet has the ability to really pioneer, and I hate to say this word, but reimagine, to reimagine what a sport venue parking lot looks like and better yet feels like or you know the functionality of a parking lot in a sports venue. So that's interesting. I think as a science person, as someone who does enjoy the process of testing and experimenting, I would love to be on that side of the equation with XL Fleet to be able to take UBS Arena and kind of turned it into this science experiment, and that's exactly what they get to do. So good on them. The business combination has raised significant dollars for the business, and that's great. They're looking to expand internationally. Again, there's plenty of sport venues, plenty of soccer, and plenty of hockey venues in Europe. I can tell you this firsthand. And it doesn't, you know, in Europe too, it's not like these venues are as ginormous and monstrous as they hear as they are here in America. 
So there's there's much there's smaller venues, almost kind of like Division three colleges. That there's plenty of those venues in Europe that, hey, XL Fleet could capitalize on those opportunities. And the last thing that Todd mentions there was the M and A. Ooh, they're looking to buy a pretty penny. Man, everyone's looking to buy right now. Been featuring a lot of dealer principals. Rhett Reichert in Ohio, looking to buy, pick up a, a couple more stores. Kelly LaFontaine up in Michigan, looking to pick up a few more stores. Joe Schuster out of LA had his store acquired, his Honda LA store acquired. There's two Toyota stores owned by the Hogan family, in which I'm familiar with the Hogan family. They sold Capistrano and Claremont Toyota. So a lot of M&As happening during this pandemic and as we start to get out of the pandemic, a lot of M&As, XL Fleet's also on the prowl and they got a lot of money to do it. That business combination has given them a significant amount of cash. So hey, if you're an entrepreneur in the business and you got a really good idea, you have a product right now, maybe you want to tweak it a bit. Start learning about XL Fleet. Start learning about their technology. Start networking within their business. And you might see a nice windfall of money come your way. Ooh, that would be nice. That would be nice. So now we move on in the earnings call where we actually hear some of the numbers. And the numbers are going to be provided to you by Dimitri. Again, he's the CEO. Just a couple high-level highlights that you will hear about. In 2020, their profit was 2.7 million, which was a 13.5% increase from the prior year. Their total revenue in 2020 was 20.3 million. And their total R&D cost was 4.4 million. And their cash in hand, 408 million. And we'll look to dissect the numbers a little bit more when he's done. Turning to the financials, revenues for the full year 2020 totaled $20.3 million, marking an increase of nearly three times over the prior year. From a high level, XL Fleet saw a heavy second half weighting to 2020 revenue with over 80% of sales realized in the third and fourth quarters combined. This was driven by typical seasonality and fleet orders with an overlay of significant pandemic-related disruptions, including OEM plant shutdowns in the spring and supply chain disruptions, especially in the first and second quarters of 2020, but also scattered across the rest of the year. The strength of our customer base and our team enabled us to still nearly triple revenue despite the pandemic and related disruptions. Gross profit for the year totaled $2.7 million, reflecting gross margin of 13.5%. This was a dramatic increase over the prior year, reflecting progress on cost reduction, price realization per unit, and volume-related improvements. Research and development costs totaled $4.4 million during the year, up from $2.9 million in the prior year. 
the increase in R&D was primarily driven by the continued expansion of our electrification solutions. For the fourth quarter, we achieved revenues of $10.9 million, up from approximately $300,000 in the prior year quarter. Gross, gross profit for the fourth quarter was $2 million, reflecting gross margins of 18.2%. We exited the year with cash and cash equivalent of approximately $330 million following the capital raise as part of our business combination with Pivotal in late December. In February, we announced the redemption of our public warrants which resulted in additional cash proceeds of $85.6 million. Together, as of March 15th, we're armed with approximately $408 million of cash on our balance sheet. So all in all, XL Fleet, very healthy. They are, let's say, well-fed at the moment. They will survive a nuclear winter with that much cash in hand. And like the president, Todd Hines, said earlier, they're looking, they're looking to go shopping. They're looking to buy companies, looking to buy technologies that would complement their business and their expansion into the global economy, potentially using the angle of the sports venues. So they're healthy, and they, they have a very long runway. So this is great. I'm looking forward to seeing their progress and following their progress. Now, another thing interesting about their fiscal year 2020 report results was that 80% of their revenue came in quarter three and quarter four. So they did $20.3 million in revenue in fiscal year 2020, and 80%, $16 million, came in quarter three and quarter four. So the natural presumption is that as they were leading up to going public and upon launching to go public, a lot of these agreements that they had in place finally came together and all of it helped kind of boost their share price. All of it gave them the necessary clients and lifeblood to continue on and develop their technology and to go on with their business, right? A turning point came in the call where Dimitri discloses an expectation of what their quarter one 2021 revenue would be and that it would that they're on par for a million dollars in quarter one revenue which is flat from a year earlier taken together we are currently forecasting first quarter 2021 revenue to be roughly a million dollars or roughly flat as compared to the first quarter of last year driven by the ongoing OEM delays amid microchip and other shortages. Given this ongoing uncertainty and the potential for extended industry-wide issues, combined with typical seasonal patterns in our orders and a significant majority of revenues focused on the second half, we are not currently providing formal full-year 21 financial guidance. So that was a bit of a gut check to hear that's in their expected revenue in quarter one will be a million dollars. However, as they say, it's seasonal. This didn't stop one of the attendees. His name is Jed Dorsher from 
Sanjacor, Sajacor, Sajacor Life annuities from asking about that drop from the second half of 2020 into this quarter one of 2021. I'm trying to reconcile the 90% drop in revenues Q4 to Q1. Could you maybe help with the backlog? Because backlog shouldn't be affected. And if I look at the shortages from a chip perspective, I'm not seeing a drop that's that significant in terms of industry numbers. So how should, is it a, you know, were things pulled into Q4 or are they just being pushed out into Q3? Yeah, um, as we mentioned, uh, the OEMs have actually shut off their order books. And so while overall, you know, the industry uh, volumes maybe haven't dropped off to the, to the degree that um, uh, you might think, um, for a number of these customers and our customers, their ability to get any delivery of vehicles has been impacted. So uh, we typically see a lull in terms of the fleet, you know, sales uh, and delivery. Uh, most orders are placed in the first half of the year, and a lot of the vehicle deliveries come in the second half of the year. We've seen that um, for some time, and what's happening with the pandemic is kind of accelerating uh, or ac accentuating that that characteristic here in 2021. And part, part so of what you're seeing, just yeah. to add a little bit, part of what you're seeing is is carryover from last year, disruptions from shutting down facilities due to COVID last year, uh, changed everybody's production and ordering uh, patterns. Um, so they, you know, there were some uh, large orders for GM and Ford, which accelerated the the closing of that order book, as Dimitri mentioned. Now, normally, uh, OEMs will uh, retool their factories in the summer, so they they stop taking orders, you know, in the kind of late springtime or early summer. Um, and they uh, this year did it, I think, at a record uh, pace in terms of uh, you know January timeframe. So there there is still some disruption that's going on with. Uh, production cycles, and then the, the buying cycles from customers as well. And, Jed, uh, if you look at the at the split of revenue last year, uh, you know, we did over 80% of the revenue in the second half, and that was because uh, a lot of fleets put their orders in for vehicles in the first half and deliveries happened in the second half. That same dynamic is, is at work here, and because of, uh, yeah, the shutdown in, in ordering with a couple of the major OEMs, um, that dynamic is, is still at work. We are expanding our, our offerings on more models and more vehicles. We're going to take advantage of that in the second half. Um, and, and so that's really what's, what's behind the, the dynamic. So this was Excel Fleet's quarter four 2020 and fiscal year end 2020 earnings call that occurred last week. Their pilot program is going to be a big deal for them moving forward as this would be the model for other sport venues to adopt this type of electrification infrastructure, the one that XL Fleet will develop that will focus on solar power generation, energy storage, and vehicle charging stations. So it's it's not just about cars. There's there's definitely a infrastructure that is looking to be built out on these sports venues. 
Just wanted to reemphasize that. All the numbers look good. A lot of cash in hand for XL Fleet. So all in all, the share price, as it's been trading lately, has been right in that $8 range, give or take some. The Bollinger Band width on this particular stock is right at about maybe $1.52. There is a bit of a stain on their record, which occurred at the beginning of March, where you did have a petitioner file a complaint against XL Fleet that they provided misleading statements, and that definitely, definitely affected their share price at the beginning of March. And so where it's trading at now, this potentially, hopefully, will be the bottom. XL Fleet looks like they have the, the business acumen, the vision, and they certainly have the cash to continue to build out their business, secure some new agreements, develop this new electrification infrastructure to be the model among sports venues. So that's XL Fleet. Stay tuned for the Metro Mile earnings call, which will be coming up very soon in a few days. And subscribe to the show if you're not already. And as we end every episode, cheers, prost, lakhaim, kipis, nastravi, salu, kampai, mabru, tutsins, gambe, yamas, nastarovie, vo, salute, and saudi to the customer experience. Business class listeners, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Wisco Weekly. If you enjoyed the show, please do provide Wisco Weekly a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Wisco Weekly is providing this information for educational purposes only. We are not providing legal, accounting, or financial advisory services, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation to buy or sell any stocks, options, or other financial instruments or investments. Examples that address specific assets, stocks, options, or other financial instrument transactions are for illustrative purposes only and may not represent specific trades or transactions that we have conducted. In fact, we may use examples that are different or the opposite of transactions we have conducted or positions we hold. This site and any information or training therein is also not intended as a solicitation for any future relationship, business or otherwise between the members or participants and the moderators. No express or implied warranties are being made with respect to these services and products. All investing and trading in the securities market involves risk. Any decisions to place trades in the financial markets, including trading in stock or options or other financial instruments, is a personal decision that should only be made after thorough research, including a personal risk and financial assessment, and the engagement of professional assistance to the extent you believe necessary.